0: Hey everyone, welcome back to the Now That We're A Family podcast. Don't worry, this whole episode does not sound like this. I'm just recording the introduction on my iPhone because today's episode is actually an interview that we did a couple weeks back with Aaron and Jen Smith from Marriage After God. And the reason we're so excited about this interview is because we get to announce that their book is coming out today. We announced that in this episode. And so you guys get an opportunity to hear about their new book called Marriage After God. And we talk a little bit about it. We talk about their story and what led them to writing Marriage After God and and just starting their overall marriage ministry called Marriage After God. And actually, while I'm at it, Katie's sitting over on the couch and I'm going to walk across the living room. Katie, do you want to say anything to our listeners?
1: Oh, I think you guys are going to really, really love this episode. Elisha and I were just so encouraged by it, so I think you're going to love it. And if you do love it and you haven't left us a rating or a review yet, now would be an awesome time to do that. You could click on the five stars or you can leave your written words. I have to say, Elisha and I teared up big time reading your reviews from this last week like massively we did
0: yeah we were driving in the car yeah and you read them out loud and i kind of got emotional
1: yeah it was really humbling we both did it was so humbling and we just are so blessed that you guys are finding a blessing in this podcast
0: yeah that blesses us big time right on folks well thank you for enduring this rather low quality audio on my iphone uh but please enjoy this interview with Aaron and jen smith for marriage after god Hey, I'm Elisha Voberg,
1: and I'm his wife, Katie.
0: Katie and I both grew up in big families that were fun, impactful, and relationship rich.
1: Now that we're a family of our own with two young children and our third on the way, there's nothing that excites us more than seeing what God can do through the family unit.
0: We're so excited as you're joining us on this podcast as we dive into what the Bible says about marriage, children, parenting, money, sex, careers, roles, and so much more. Katie, are you ready? Let's go. Welcome back to the Now That We're A Family podcast. I know that I can speak for myself when I say that I'm thoroughly excited about today's episode because we get to interview not only an extremely, let's see, an extremely impactful couple, but an extremely fun couple. And a couple that Katie and I have been able to grow more or less close to over the last couple of years. Katie, would you introduce our guests?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So we're going to be interviewing Aaron and Jen Smith. And like Elisha said, we've gotten to know them over the last couple of years by going to church with them. And it's just been such a encouraging thing to see their family. They're a little bit further down the road than us. And we learn a lot just by watching them. So I'm excited to interview them about their book today.
0: Yeah, we're excited to talk about this book because it's actually coming out today. June 4th is the day that you're able to buy the book that Aaron and Jen uh, have just written. And Aaron and Jen, I I think we're going to be able to talk about their life far beyond just this book. But I know we want to dig into the book. But Aaron and Jen, I know that our listeners have already heard enough from Katie and I. So would you two be able to let our listeners know a little bit about yourselves? Maybe a, a, a quick origin story? origin
2: story like superhero yeah, story. we love
3: superheroes yeah firstly we just want to say thank you for having us we're super excited to be here and we're just excited to uh you know have a fun time on this podcast like you said we're a fun fun couple we do really like to have and fun. we
2: love you guys and so thanks for having us oh yeah. our pleasure uh, so a little bit about us my name's aaron this is jennifer S- smith my wife we have four children and we've been married for 12 years now this year so we'll be next year we'll be like want to high five you goes. for that yeah, yeah. Nice. 12 years we made it um <laughs> And, uh, we've been running some online marriage ministries for quite a while now. You've Eight had, years. Jennifer has unveiled wife. I have husband revolution, but our, our thing we're doing now is we're trying to combine our, our powers. <laughs> nice. This is going to be a superhero. Yeah. Yeah, I, I love, love it. Uh, in marriage dot com, where we, we have our own podcast called marriage after God. Which we you
1: have guys this, have been on. So you've been, yeah. You've been on the That's
3: podcast. Right. Yeah, yeah. That was, that was our first interview. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> that was
2: fun. And we have, uh, Our book that's out today, Marriage After God. And yeah, that's a a little bit. You want to add something?
3: Um, I love you. (laughs) Wow.
0: (laughs) You guys are so sweet. (laughs) That's perfect. That is perfect.
1: So we're really excited about your new book. It's titled Marriage After God, like we were just talking about. And without quoting the whole book, can you tell us a little bit about what a marriage after God looks
2: like? Uh, Yeah, I'll start. Uh, Our main... Uh, idea of this is that we would recognize that as a, as a unit, as a couple, we're more powerful as as we chase after God together than if we were trying to chase our own things Hmm. and and having this disunity and having our own, you know, our own agendas. But that if we focus on uh, the team that God has given us Hmm. each other Mm -hmm. and use our marriage as a tool to grow his kingdom, that's what a marriage after God is. And that's essentially what the book's about is is helping couples re- that are reading the book know what God's will is for their marriage, identify uh, how he wants to use them and what he's given them to use. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in many ways, and we give a ton of examples and stories from our own life, from other people's lives.
3: Yeah, I was going to say that marriage after God has been um something that we've been living out a message that has been really central to the way we've been living our lives and um just the experiences that we have had and we wanted this book to be like a catalyst or an inspiration for other couples to go hey God's been giving us a lot too. and what can we use to build his kingdom for his glory yep. and uh just encourage that teammanship within other marriages. Mm.
1: I love that focus on unity because I feel like in our culture today autonomy is so encouraged yeah. in marriage and in, in everything but like especially in marriage I feel like in just the guy's having his thing, the girl's having her thing Um, just even having your own Bible studies, having your own groups Mm. within the church, it can be so separate. And so having that aligned vision Mm -hmm. for family, for your marriage as a tool, like you said, I just think is so cool. And we need to hear that because we don't hear that message very often in our culture.
0: Yeah. Not only do we not hear that, I think that a lot of times if you count on your own rationale, you think, well, if, if we divide and conquer, we get more accomplished. Mm -hmm. You do your thing. I do Mm -hmm. my thing and we're accomplishing more. But I think that that's, that's using man's wisdom Mm -hmm. at that point right there. And of course, God's wisdom is not man's wisdom and marriage is God ordained. And I, and I like to say that when two become, you know, when, when, when there's a husband and wife, it's not one and one equal two. the two become one. And that one is far greater than doubling your efforts mm-hmm. or 10 times in your efforts. It's supernatural mm-hmm. yeah. the results are.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the, the autonomy thing, the, the unity versus autonomy has been coming up a lot in just interviews we've been in. And it's, it's true. There's this, there's this separation of like, hey, let's just pursue our own things. And if anyone gets in the way, even my spouse, then they're against me. Wow. And what we need to do is we need to lay that down and say, well, we, we're together and it doesn't mean I'm not going to have individual passions and and some hobbies and, Mm -hmm. but it's all those things should be uh, ancillary Mm -hmm. and should be yielded to our unity. Mm -hmm. And so if they get in the way, then they get to take a back seat. Amen. Yeah. Um,
3: I was just going to add to that in a practical sense, it's a matter of communicating, being on the same page, uh, letting, letting there be a safe space to brainstorm or talk about what's on your heart and say, I want to, I have this vision and I want to pursue this, but what are you thinking and giving each other room to um, collaborate and work together on something. And if that means that one spouse is kind of like the head or the front, the other stuff, the other spouse is going to support them in whatever that is. Or maybe it's something where you're tag teaming and you're doing it together, kind of like Like Aaron already mentioned, we're doing marriage after God. We're doing the podcast together. Um, And so there's so many different ways that you can come alongside each other to support each other in whatever it is that God has called you to do. Yeah.
2: But the key to it is not just what, you know, do you want to do and what do I want to do and how do we make that work? It's what does God want to do in us and through us Mm -hmm. and then our decision that, that way, that way it's not just, I have this idea and you're going to just, I'm going to drag you along Mm. and if you, you know, or you have your idea and you're going to drag me along. It's, I have an idea. Let's submit it before the Lord and let's see where this goes wow. and let's see what God wants. And
3: h- humans are really smart. We get even get manipulative, right? So it's like, yeah, honey, you go do your thing. And then you're waiting for your moments to That's say, right. no, remember yeah. you did yours. Now yeah. I do mine. Yeah, now you owe me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we yeah. can't we, yeah. do that. We used to do that a lot. Yeah, we did.
2: Uh, but I, I think about this idea of, um, you know, the, the the reason we want to fight for unity, fight for the oneness uh, is uh, when we're divided, we're conquered. You were mm-hmm. talking about let's divide and conquer. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the word says a city that's divided against itself wow. will not stand. That right? is good. And that's so, good. We, and good. the picture, uh, we talk about this in the in the book a lot. Uh, one of the main ministries that we have as a marriage is we are a symbol of the gospel to the world. We're like a little mini picture of Christ mm-hmm. in the church. It's mm-hmm. exactly what Paul tells us in Ephesians 5. And, and that's the mystery of marriage is like, yes. actually, it's pertaining to Christ in the church. Yeah. yeah. And so we, so if the church isn't to be divided, right. Then we shouldn't be divided and our, we we should be in one mind, one spirit, one direction. That's how Christ prays for us in John 17 in the high priestly prayer. He says, I want them to be one Mm -hmm. as we are one. Mm -hmm. Um, And, and that oneness not only shows the world, the power that the church has and that our marriage has, but it also shows the world that God sent Jesus and that God loves us. That's what Mm. Jesus says. He says, your unity will show the world that you have sent me and that you love them. That's what he says. Wow. And so we need to not only just, we we need to fight for unity and we need to make sure that that's our direction. And it's not based on what I want or what she wants, Mm -hmm. but what God wants, because that's going to be the truest picture and symbol of the gospel. And and that's how we're
0: supposed to be. Mm. Wow. That's so encouraging. I love that vision. It's so big. It's so crazy how, Marriage can, it can seem as big or small as you want it to be. But that gospel illustration, mm-hmm. that picture of Christ and the bride, that is like, it's the picture. That's mm-hmm. what we are called to do is be ambassadors mm-hmm. for Christ and, and go out and share the gospel. And we're doing that in little microcosms in mm-hmm. each marriage. Yeah, mm-hmm.
1: And I love how you drew out too, that it's not just Oh, okay, it's whatever she wants. I'm going to join her in that or whatever I want. You know, because we can have kind of arbitrary or subjective mm-hmm. standards when it comes to what we all desire, but it's so unifying to lay it before the Lord mm-hmm. and that's say, right. what does he want mm-hmm. for our life? And that's where you could truly be unified. Because otherwise, it doesn't make sense to kind of everyone be, you know, pulling in either direction. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. if she's pulling you and you're pulling her, or Elisha and I are trying to go. A bunch of different ways and take each other with each other, then that could just not get a lot done and not be, you know, yeah. real good. Yeah. It,
2: it, it works against us. Yeah, yeah.
1: exactly. That's right.
0: That's, right. That's exactly. so good. So I love, this is a fun concept to talk about, you know, it's a fun mindset. Uh, but I have to believe that in reality, there are challenges in living this out. And, and in your guys's book, you guys talk about some painful moments in, in fighting for unity or of not being unified and, and struggling with intimacy. And I think that's probably a common story, whether or not you have this desire to live as a unified couple, the devil's going to work. Mm-hmm. We are still here in this fallen world mm-hmm. working through this. And so I don't know if you guys are, are willing to share, um, how you guys were able to work through some painful moments that I, that I would consider to be inevitable in, in, in every marriage.
3: I think what stands out to me is um, early on in our marriage, I had these expectations of what I thought marriage should look like, of what I thought my husband should do for me, what I could provide for him. And one of the biggest struggles that we had was intimacy. And I experienced a lot of pain every time we came together. And so for me, that was, that was a failed expectation or unmet expectation that really caused um, some heartache and, mm-hmm. and tension in our relationship which then amplified every other marital issue that arises. Hmm. You know, everybody yes. can probably name them off the list. It's like finances, communication, you know, all the all the top ones. And so I would say <clears throat> expectations is a huge thing that can kind of get in the way of that unity. Hmm. And I felt like in our journey, uh, God had to... Redefine what our expectations were. He he pointed us back to his word time and time again, and uh, challenged us on what should be our expectations of marriage and of each other.
2: Hmm. And for me, the I mean, the same scenario that we were going through was causing bitterness and anger in me. And when we, when I looked at my marriage as something to serve me, mm-hmm. when I looked at my spouse as something to make me happy and to fulfill me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I immediately idolized my wife and mm. she did me. There was a, a, a long season in that season that you look to me to fulfill everything that Christ should fulfill in you, Jennifer. Yeah, that's true. And you know what? I failed her mm. a lot because I'm not They'll Christ <laughs> yeah. Yeah. and vice versa. I, there, I looked to her to fulfill certain things that I thought I had earned you know, through the way I lived or that I deserved, Mm -hmm. you know, since i saved myself and I did it the right way, God, why can't I have that one thing that I, you know, why can't I have this to work the way I think it should work? And our, our, our eyes were so inward focused. We couldn't see what God was doing. Mm. We couldn't see what God wanted. We couldn't even see people around us that might be hurting also, or that might be needed.
3: Yeah. I was going to say, we couldn't possibly have reached out and helped other people during that season because we were so blinded by our own, uh, shortcomings and our own frustrations hmm. and
2: not, not, not at least in any real, real, yeah. you know, powerful way. Cause we were, we no were matter distracted. what we were doing, we were distracted by our own selves because we put more emphasis on our marriage than we put on Christ mm-hmm. wow. and what he was having. And it wasn't until God, you know, shook me and I got to the end of my rope with my marriage that God, you know, pretty much was like, Hey, are you going to, uh, are you going to honor your, your marriage and your vows? And are you going to walk out obedience to me, even if you don't get what you want? Hmm. And it was a, it was actually, he also a,
3: said, are you going to endure? Like I endured for you basically. Yeah. He
2: pretty much pointed out, he's like, my, my son did that mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. the world. You know, could you do it for your wife? Cause we're going back to that picture again of, mm-hmm. you know, this is Christ in the church. Essentially take take our picture and expand it to the the Christ in the church it's like Christ saying, I'm not getting what I want from my bride, so I'm going to walk away. Wow. Right? Yeah. So, and Christ is like, actually, I'm going to go to the cross for her Hmm. instead. And so in my, so God was saying, he's like, are you going to go to the cross for your wife? Mm -hmm. Because that's exactly what Christ tells us to do is to take up our cross daily. And then it tells in in Ephesians five, it says, you know, uh, loving your wife as Christ loves the church, giving yourself up, giving himself up for her. right. And so I wasn't willing to lay down my own, pride and my own bitterness for something that I felt I deserved for it's something so small in comparison to what Christ did for the world. Hmm. And I thought I was justified in it.
3: That's right. I would say, um, I mean, I, even when we first got married, we always had a desire being Christians, we always had a desire to serve God together, yeah. but it wasn't until this very pivotal moment that we realized, I mean, our marriage is meant for something even greater and it still took time to really realize that and, and walk through that and submit ourselves to what God had for our, for us. But that was a really pivotal moment in our marriage. Hmm.
0: Yeah. And when I think of being in that scenario of being a man and having my eyes focused on myself, which is what we are. I'm so good at doing. I'm so good at focusing on myself Uh, and then trying to conjure up the willpower to lay my life down for, for my bride or to, you know, as you said, pick up your cross for your bride in this context you know, as far as my willpower goes, that would run out. And that's why I feel like the importance of the gospel is important Mm -hmm. because it, it's Mm -hmm. the finished work of, you didn't, you didn't have to finish the gospel for Jesus Mm -hmm. by picking up your cross for Jen. It was finished. Sin was conquered. You're now a new creation in Mm -hmm. this life that you get to now live. You're living by faith. And it's literally saying no to those desires that were selfish and at times maybe even sinful Mm -hmm. and saying, no. I don't this these aren't the boss of me anymore because Christ did overcome these things and I get to live as a new creation in Christ.
2: That's exactly right and it it wasn't even and God used the the moments before the crucifixion to convict me of my my not walking in the truth. Hmm. And he's like, "Here's the truth. Are you going to walk in it?" And I was like, "Oh. Well, so the only choice at that point is Deny Christ, yeah, deny what I believe, or, not faith. or change. Yeah. Be like, wow. well, I actually do believe this, and you're right, God. What Christ did for me was infinitely greater than what you're asking me to do for my wife.
0: Wow. This this is easy in comparison, yeah, right? That's right.
2: Now it doesn't mean it wasn't hard, and that we didn't have to go through things. But man, my mindset in that moment changed, mm-hmm. and it immediately made everything that felt like a million pounds feel so much lighter.
0: Hmm.
2: Nothing physically immediately changed, right? Mm-hmm. But everything changed in my spirit, in my mind.
1: And what kind of like brought you to that point? Was it just like one day you're, you just had this thought, you like felt like the Lord <laughs> spoke to you or was it, did he work and you know, over time or how did that kind of journey look like for you guys?
2: Well, it was, it was years of, of, of anger and bitterness growing from us going through a crucible of this, uh, you know, sexual issue that we had and other things, other mm-hmm. sin, and just not addressing any of it hmm. keeping it all private keeping it all internal keep you know just trying to deal with it in our own strength uh, avoiding god avoiding uh, true repentance and healing and so what it was it was it was us
3: was coming to the end it was coming to the end, <laughs> yeah. to the end yeah.
2: of ourselves wow. and just realizing um, this is
1: our only option yeah as mi- well we i got to, to the
2: point originally what, that i just figured we were done I, I didn't have any I, more strength I, to keep fighting.
3: I remember we were sitting in church, and I literally thought at lunch we would be talking about separation or what, yeah. you know what were the next steps. And I was thinking the same thing. I was like, I, I don't know if I can do Instead, I get anymore. a tearful husband repenting and apologizing and telling me that he's going to love me like Christ loved the church. Wow. Like wow. it was. Wow. Crazy. And when you're spot, when a spouse can change like with the love of Christ in his heart like that, like t- there's nothing more beautiful and more motivating for me to want to follow that
1: hmm.
3: yeah, to give in. Cause I had my own issues too going on and I had my own selfish thoughts and for me to just lay it all down and say, I'm with you. Hmm. You know, that was a really, that's why I say it was a really pivotal and powerful moment in our marriage.
2: And what I love about it is Christ didn't do it just for the sake of our marriage. Like him, like God coming and, and shaking me. And shaking us and saying, and allowing us to go through the things that we went through because it wasn't until recently that I said I believe I said that I believe God allowed us to go through what we were going through as as discipline and as um, to grow us hmm. and to mature us He allowed it because God's sovereign and He's and He's good and He cares about more, our He cares about our holiness more than He does our mm-hmm. happiness mm-hmm. You know Gary uh, Thomas's book mm-hmm. or Gary Chapman's
3: book. Here. Gary, Gary Thomas, or those or? Garys, those
2: yeah, Gary <laughs> Thomas's book,
3: um,
2: Sacred Marriage. Sacred mm. Marriage, and his it wasn't just to heal us. The healing was is a fruit of obedience to God. That mm. it, it's a blessing that we get from God, but it was because He had things for us to do. Mm. He's like, hey, you you're you're not you're not walking the direction I want you to go, you're, you're not understanding the, the ministry that I have before you. You don't realize that I have good works that I've prepared for you since before the foundations of the world and that I want you to walk in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he's like, and you can't because mm-hmm. you can't see past yourself and you can't see past this lie. Right. Mm-hmm. And so the saving us and the redeeming us and the healing us. Yes, we benefit from that but it was for everything else mm. that he had for us to do mm. It's because he, he wanted to use us. I think about, uh, Joseph. I was, uh, I was listening to a pastor on the radio and Elliot was in the back and he's like, I really like this guy's really smart. <laughs> and he's talking <laughs> about, uh, he loves listening to, um, I just realized this. He loves listening to pastors teach and he, it was about Joseph and he was talking about the brothers and the, and the bitterness and, and throwing him in the pit. And I said, Elliot, do you think Joseph would ever have had an opportunity to become Prince of Egypt? If he wasn't thrown in the pit and he said, no. And that's exactly Hmm. right. The, it had to happen. Uh There had to be a a series of events Uh that got Joseph to be right where God needed him, not for Joseph's sake, Uh but so that Joseph could be an instrument to save Israel Uh so that the lineage of Jesus Uh Christ can happen. Right. Uh And so, he didn't do it what he did to me just for us. He didn't allow us to go through what we went through just for us. Hmm. It's because he has a mission for us wow. and him bringing us to that point shows me, I'm like, okay, you love me. <laughs> wow. Thank you. And I'm, I'm, I'm yours. Let's do this.
0: Yeah. yeah the story that's unfolding is so much bigger. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Isn't that crazy? Mm-hmm. It's, it's huge. just, and and we all just, you we can get so consumed with our own little role, you know, in, in the movie or in the story of life. And God's just got this whole beautiful Mm -hmm. plan unfolding.
3: And here's the the exciting part is you guys play a part in that. Your listeners play a part in that. Yep. There's, there's so many facets to the one body to his body. And that's what makes this message so beautiful Mm -hmm. is that we're all playing. We all have a responsibility in, in it.
1: Well, I love too. I just think it's so encouraging, just overall God's faithfulness. And he did, he doesn't just leave our marriage, Mm -hmm. you know, he's there and he's there to convict and to encourage us. And Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that's what's so inspiring to me. Yeah, that is. I think.
0: Well, especially just, you know, not knowing you guys at this season of life that you're talking about and knowing you now and seeing, I would consider you guys to be a vibrant marriage, Mm -hmm. you know, and and to have a fruitful marriage. Thank you. And (laughs) that's, that's gotta be so, that's encouraging to me for any future trial we may have, but I know that's gotta be so encouraging to listeners knowing that there's always hope i mean with with god i mean it's just he's always working mm-hmm. you know and he's always there to bring to bring life into something that may seem seem dead
1: mm-hmm. i love that you guys have a section in your book directed towards tools you've used in building a marriage after god and i love that elisha and i love tools <laughs> <We> love like <laughs> practical application like what can we do um to you know help our marriage Yeah, today so yeah yeah, what can we do today so can you guys share a couple of those with our listeners
2: so yeah the the section of the book is called your tool belt Mm -hmm. and uh, one of the main focuses of the book is to help the readers the couple realize that they're they are a vital part of god's body and mission Hmm. that they that just because what God's given them and their marriage doesn't look like, you know, the pastor on the stage or Jennifer and I mm-hmm. or um, you and Katie, uh, that that doesn't mean they're disqualified. Doesn't mean that they don't have a purpose and a use. Actually, it's the opposite. Uh, we learn in the Bible that every body part of of the body is vital mm-hmm. and is important, and not one part can say to the other, "You're not needed, not mm-hmm. necessary." So that every part is necessary. And, that, and so our encouragement in the book is like, "No, your marriage." has been given tools has been given resources and and we use the parable of the talents often in the book to explain like some might have been given 10 some might have been given five some might have been given one it doesn't matter what you've been given because it's been given by the spirit according to your ability not someone else's Hmm. and so we we talk about this section about the tool belt and we we break up this section and saying here's the tools that God's given you.
3: I have to interrupt you for one second, just as a little fun tidbit. So Aaron and I co-authored this book. And so there's different parts and elements that we've contributed to. And I remember this part and I go, Aaron, do you, is it okay if I tell him that this is like God's marriage gift to them? Like this tool belt, like what a beautiful picture of like you get married and here's this tool belt that he's given you. And there's all these compartments, some filled from your past because it, you know, your past and your experiences, you, and it, it with you. you know, you brought into the marriage, but then the rest of it, you get to fill up with your spouse. I just love that picture. And I yeah. was proud of that part.
2: And so, so some <laughs> of the, there, there's a whole, the whole section breaks up all the different areas. You can see the tools that God's given you. Um, one of them is, uh, your resources. Mm-hmm. And like, so you might think I don't have enough money to do this, or I don't have a, I I'm not, I don't have the ability or time to go to Africa. Mm-hmm. And like, we can think about the ministry, you know, quote unquote, that you might be able to do. And there's like, you know, a handful of categories you might think of, but there's an infinite amount of ministry that God has for us. He is so creative and his resources are so vast. He, he's given each and every one of us, like we have things. Um, in another podcast, I use this example of a lawnmower. Right. And uh, so you might have a lawnmower and your neighbor not. So go mow their lawn and use it as an opportunity to to invite them into your home or to preach the gospel to them or to love on them and just say, hey, I had one. I wanted to bless you.
3: We share another story in the book of a friend who they're really big on hospitality. And so she bakes with her kids and then she'll give neighbors cookies. And it's just a fun way to open up that door of conversation Mm -hmm. and trust and uh, knowing letting someone as close as your neighbor that you love them and and be praying for them i don't know i just think it's so beautiful That's so awesome. simple
2: yeah so we tell them in the readers to take inventory of their tools mm-hmm. so like what resource, resources do you have we give in the, we have tasks in the book to to go sit down with their spouse and write down like what has god given us do we have cameras do we have and you know a, phones this we have... is
3: a fun thing to sit down with your spouse and really collaborate and see like what what is it that we have and then you can tell each other well you're really good at this and then
2: yeah. you're yeah. really
3: good at that and so speaking about of e- tra- things strengths. you're good at
2: other another tool is natural giftings Elisha, you got you. You guys, you and Katie are amazing at music. Mm-hmm. I don't have like a musical bone in my body, right? Uh-huh. And I know you you guys practice and practice and practice, but like, there's there's a natural affinity in some people to music. There's some people that are amazing at math. There's some, I'm not good at math either. Um, <laughs> they're uh, like writing. Are
1: you good at uh,
2: Not many things, but the things I'm good at, I do. I do well. Uh,
3: Technology. You know, my wife yeah.
2: loves to write. She's been a writer since a, a little girl, mm-hmm. and. That was one natural gifting that she is now using
3: yeah.
2: in this ministry. Wow. Like, so we write books. Yep. Not everyone's going to write a book. That's fine. Right. God doesn't need everyone to write a book. Yeah. <laughs> he wants you to use the natural giftings you have for his glory. Amen. Yeah. And so that's yeah. just one other toolbox, that you, one other tool that God's given you is mm-hmm. is there's something in you. Every single person has some sort of natural gifting. Yes. And they may not realize it yet, but they can use it some way for the Lord.
0: Mm-hmm. 100%. I
1: love that. Me I love too. how you're combining natural giftings and talents and stuff with Practical things that you might just own. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know? Right. Yeah. And exactly. how can we, you know, use a lawnmower, yep. <laughs> use a camera that's yep. to bless other people? I really like that. And that sounds like a fun exercise to sit down with elisha and, and do. Just yeah. say, oh, well, what has God given us? What can we use to bless other people?
0: And a fun story, actually, that relates to Aaron and Jen is about two months ago, our car got stuck in the snow. At, uh, <laughs> there was a lot of snow. Oh, there was yeah, a lot of snow. Right. We had a really tiny little car. And Aaron and Jen, again, this doesn't seem, it's not like a natural gifting. It's not this, you know, this great spiritual gifting that you might have, but they had a car that could get through the snow and they literally lent it to us with no strings attached. It was just like, Hey, take our car. Yes. You that guys was use it for us. Use it for as long as you need to. And I loved that. I loved not feeling any pressure mm. from you guys in that scenario. And we loved that car so much. We ended up buying uh, <laughs> a, a similar car. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, we bought her. Own yeah, like we bought her later. Oh, <laughs> yeah, and that was that's such a practical thing. It's so yeah. easy to overlook. I think the the true blessing that that can be when mm-hmm. people are in need. And I know that was a huge blessing to Katie and I. It was. And you, what what did you have? You had a car that mm-hmm. we could use yeah. for for a couple of days. Yeah. That
2: and was... the 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 word here is steward. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So in in this life, so in the beginning of this this conversation, we talked about our marriage and how we were struggling and how our, our perspective on it was wrong. We thought our marriage was ours. Hmm. Mm-hmm. But it's not; it's God's. Hmm. So
3: actually, not even ours. Like mine, like this. I thought right. it was mine, and is mine. 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 He <laughs> thought it was his. <laughs> and my, yeah, my. And,
2: and think about how that works out. Yeah, yeah it doesn't. And so the dif- dif- difference between stewardship and ownership is a—it's a vast difference. Wow. Right. If you real, if you take inventory of your life and you look at your health and you look at the money you have, the home you have, the cars you have, the the to- the tools you have in your house, like legit- the, little, literal tools. Bikes, lawnmower, friendships, all these things, your past stories, right? Mm -hmm. Like past hurts, past experiences, your education, the way you were brought up. You know, you guys came from large families. That's something that God gave you uniquely. Not Mm -hmm. everyone has that exact story. And God, the way you were raised, the parents you had either were stewards of those things or owners of them. And it's a lie to believe that we're owners of them. And if we act as if we're owners of them, we're going to fail. Mm-hmm. We're going we're gonna to get bitter. We're going to misuse them. We're going to squander them. We're going to throw them away. But if we realize we're stewards of them, meaning someone else owns them, and we get to, like the story of the talents, invest them
3: mm-hmm. And not for just the anyone master. else. It's God. He's it's the creator God, yeah. of what you have. It's the gift that he's given you. Hmm.
0: I love that. Me I love too. that picture. Like <laughs> yeah, I, I was ownership just, so,
1: versus stewardship. Yeah.
0: Thanks for yeah drawing that out. I was so convicted sitting here when you talked about the difference of stewardship and ownership, mm. and how many things in my brain I've I've got this faulty ownership mindset of. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm like, well, it's I obviously I get to make the decision on this one because mm-hmm. it's mine, mm-hmm. versus viewing everything as stewardship. Mm-hmm. That's that's really convicting. And it, it's, what's crazy is that how much more intentional you become, mm-hmm. I, I'm thinking about that already, how much more intentional, intentional you become in each one of these categories mm-hmm. when you realize you're a steward, not an owner.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. One of them that is really convicting is realizing that time is, we, we think we own our time. We think, you know, I am. No, it's dedicated for this or it's dedicated for that, but time is a resource that God gives us. It's a mm-hmm. gift. Mm-hmm. And yeah, we I all like have the right. same amount of it. And then how we use it, how we steward it, mm-hmm. uh, either Shows our priorities, shows who, how we want to be, you know, who we're chasing, what we, what we, um, uh, are desiring in life and who we serve. Man,
3: this, uh, episode is just really convicting because the moment you said time, I immediately thought two days ago I was complaining because I said the words, there's never enough time. I never feel like there's enough. And when someone gives you a gift and you complain and you say, it's hmm. not enough. Like I, like God's given me this gift of time and I'm telling you and him that it's not enough. I don't know. I just feel like that's, that's, wow. good. that's a position yeah. in my heart that wow. I need to check on and be, be more grateful for. Wow. Cause then I'll use it differently. And not
0: waste it. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah exactly. True. Not fl- flounder. Gift. Yeah. Wow.
1: I love that Jen.
0: Yes. Yeah. I, I really, I feel it,
1: like it. I've had a lot of like paradigm shifts. Like, I have. Have Yeah. I'm it. really <laughs> excited
0: for this and it's crazy because as I'm listening to this, I, you know, where uh, Katie and I come from more or less similar background. You guys have your background, mm-hmm. but I'm hearing these things that would be so applicable to just a Christian married couple. Yeah, Anyone. Who. Yeah. Anyone. And is that kind of, uh, you know, if you were to say who should read this book or who would this book benefit? Um, and how would, you know, who do you have in your brain as to who you guys wrote this book for?
3: I feel like we, we did write it for every marriage, like every husband and wife who like the subtitle says wants to chase after God boldly. Together, yeah,
0: you
2: know, yeah, you know, it, it, anyone, any marriage could read this book, uh, and our hope is if they don't have have they, if they have not yet put their faith in Christ, hmm. that this. But we we preach the gospel several times in the book <laughs> as we read through it. I was like, hey, there's the gospel again. Yeah. <laughs> oh, hey, we wrote the, we put the gospel there again. So another uh, high five moment. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, for for God, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, but it it's the the focus. What is to ignite mm-hmm. um, passion in Christian marriages around the world. Hmm. But yeah, it could definitely be for someone who's not a believer yet. And you know, this, a couple could read, read it and be like, wow, like yeah. this is not, what I know yeah. of the Bible. There's not yeah. what I know of Christianity. We tried to you write know. it in
3: a way, and I think we did a, a fair job at this, that um, if, it, if a really strong couple's reading it, they're going to be inspired to say, okay, what's next? And a, a couple who maybe is barely hanging on could read it and say, okay, here's some foundational things that we need to revisit and rebuild upon. Yeah, And um, and I, I really like that. And Aaron, do you want to share the, the one question that we hope every uh, couple asks?
2: Yeah. So that one question, we just hope everyone that reads this book says, okay, Lord, how, what, what did you bring us together for? Mm
1: -hmm. Hmm.
2: What do you want Hmm. with us? Why do, why does our marriage exist? Hmm. Because that, that's the point. Mm -hmm. It's, it's it's the, it's the pot saying to the potter, Mm -hmm. okay, Mm -hmm. you made me like this. Now, what do you want to use me for? We actually bring that up in the book. We, the pot can't say to the potter, "Why'd you make me like this?" You know. Yeah. But God, God has a purpose. He's made us, and He's brought us together for a purpose. Mm-hmm. And we pray that everyone that reads this book has a, a clear vision for that at the end of it.
0: Mm-hmm. Wow, I, I'm, I, my vision's already been so much more, I guess, solidified and expanded. I, I really love how, in this brief conversation, I've got so many more ideas for how Katie and I can grow closer to together. And Mm -hmm. in daily and consistently asking that question, why did the Lord bring us together? What does he want from our marriage? That's an exciting question to ask, to think about being right there in in the center of the Lord's will Mm -hmm. as a married couple.
1: And Uh, I think it goes back to you guys telling your story of that unity in Christ. mm -hmm. It's Hmm. like, it's not, what do I want to get out of this marriage? What does Elisha want out of this marriage? It's coming before the Lord and being like, Okay, so all these things taken into consideration, you know the the skills and gifts you've given him, the skills and gifts you've given me. How do you want to use these together? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that's so encouraging.
0: And it might uh, and it might feel or seem like temporary loss, right? It, it always does at first. You're like, I have to let go of this personal dream. <laughs> but we know that. I mean, Psalm Psalm 16. That in the presence of the Lord, there's fullness of joy at His right oh, yeah. hand. Our pleasures forevermore. Mm-hmm. And I, I just really think that Katie and I, as a married couple, will be most satisfied, most fulfilled, have experienced the most pleasure mm-hmm. when we're walking according to God's will for our mm-hmm. marriage.
3: Mm-hmm. And just yeah. to encourage your listeners, you can do that because you can trust God.
0: Hmm. You Amen. You can trust him. Amen. That's
3: he knows good. what he's doing. <laughs> that's so true. I know. That's a, that's something we, we don't not remember sometimes. <laughs> Um,
1: how can our listeners find more of you guys and where can they buy marriage after God?
3: We'd love to direct them to marriageaftergod.com. Uh, they can get the book right there. They can, um, check out the podcast right there. Uh, you can find us on Instagram at marriage after God. So that's the easy quickest answer I could give. (laughs) That's a
0: good answer. (laughs) That is a good good answer. Yeah. Are there any parting words you guys want to leave with us or with our listeners?
2: uh we just love you guys and we thank you for having us on your show and i just pray that your listeners uh get excited whether they get the book or not like yeah. i just pray that god would uh draw them closer to himself mm-hmm. and that god, and that they would recognize that they are a vital part of the body of christ and that god is looking for them to be, to be used well wow. in his ways and for his purposes to build his kingdom it's all about him
0: amen yes and,
1: and i just i mean elisha and i have just we aren't all the way through marriage after God. We just started reading it together, but I would really encourage you guys who are listening to get the book. I just think of right now, this conversation, just how it opens our eyes to Mm -hmm. different things. Mm -hmm. And the more we're immersed in that biblical marriage, like more that we're immersed, I guess in others perspectives of it. And Mm -hmm. we're just, again, fighting that cultural battle Mm -hmm. that's wanting to tear our marriage apart better.
0: Yes. I mean, Cause especially this is a great conversation. There's so much insight, but in the book it's fleshed out in such, in, in such a deeper level. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that's really where I feel like I can start affecting the heart, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. when you're hearing and you're really contemplating, you're meditating on it.
2: And there's a very clear path in the book as well. Um, I feel like we did a, a pretty good job of, uh, s- starting in the beginning uh, of a foundational understanding of why God even created marriage. Mm-hmm. And why we, why our marriage exists and walks you through like all the different ways to see what God's trying to do Mm -hmm. in you and through you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So by the end, you're like, man, like, Mm -hmm. okay, that makes sense. Yeah. I see what's happening. Yeah. It's very exciting.
3: When you get to the end of it, it's even more exciting because we remind everyone that, you know, we have a king who's coming back for us to take him, to take us to be with him. Hmm. And so just to keep that urgency on the forefront of our minds and our hearts, because we do have a mission. We're here for a reason there. There is purpose to all of this. So, um, I'm really excited about this book and I just want to take a moment to just say you guys are, you guys are a marriage after God. You guys are pursuing God together. We see it. We're in community with you guys. So I'm letting your listeners know right now who you really are. (laughs) Um, and you guys do such a beautiful job of encouraging and complimenting one another of, of going to the table and saying, okay, what do we have and what can we use? And that, that is what. A Marriage After God does, and you're doing it, and you're, you're using what you have to do this podcast, and you're encouraging married couples, parents, in what you know, what God's given you, and I just want to say thank you for doing that. Wow. I agree.
0: Wow. Thank you, guys. <laughs> that's so encouraging. Seriously. Thank you for saying that. That is.
3: That's really encouraging.
1: That's really yeah. humbling. Because, yeah. again, Elisha and I look up to you a lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We really yeah.
0: do. Yeah. And I just want to say thank you for your guys' faithfulness, you know, to God first and foremost, and then to each other. And Mm -hmm. uh, I I love that, you know, I feel like these are, these can kind of be like mountaintop experiences when you, you come out with a book, right? (laughs) It's like you've arrived. That's what Mm -hmm. it's all about. But that's not what it's all about. You know, it's in the years leading up to this and it's in the years to come. Mm -hmm. I'm so grateful that you guys are so faithful in the day in and day out Mm -hmm. aspects of life. Um, cause like, you know, as our listeners have already, we've heard, we're in, we're in community in a, you yeah. know, in a personal way with Aaron and Jen. Mm-hmm. And so we see this played out. And so it's so fun to be able to promote mm-hmm. something like their book, knowing that it's not just a one-off. It's not just uh, they got some good yes. ideas and put it on pen and paper. They're, they're living this out. Mm-hmm. And I'm so confident that the Lord will keep you to continue living it out thank for you, the guys. years to come. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. All right, guys, we're going to wrap this thing up. Thank you so much for listening. As you guys heard, you can find Aaron and Jen at Marriage After God, which is where you can get their book as well, um, or you can find them on Instagram at Marriage After God, and we'll link that in the show notes below. If you guys enjoyed this podcast, please give it a rating or a review. If you guys don't have time to leave an awesome review, then you can simply touch on one of the stars there. Leave it a rating. We always appreciate that.
1: Not one of the stars. Do the five star. (laughs) Yeah,
0: not the one star, the five star. (laughs) Thank you, Katie, one, for clarifying. One of the five stars. <laughs> yeah, hit All one of the five, the stars. five stars. All it. the five stars. <laughs> All right, until next time, guys. We'll see ya. Bye bye.